On this episode of the Press Rewind Sheena Easton Lyrics Podcast, I'm joined again by Jerry Bonner to chat about the Arms of Orion from the Batman soundtrack. Welcome back to the show, Jerry. Thank you for having me once again, Jason. Uh, yeah, it seems to be I'm uh, the uh, de facto uh, Sheena Easton expert as well. So <laughs> didn't really yes, plan yeah. it that way, but that's the way it's kind of turned out. So here we are. Yes, here we are. Yes, we did. Uh, you got the look. I mean, we've done other episodes since then, but the last uh, Prince and Sheena collaboration that you and I covered was, of course, you got the look from Sign of the Times. And um, on that song, Sheena isn't given credit in terms of like on the liner notes or on the album. I mean, everybody knows Sheena's in the song. She's in the video. Yada, yada. It's not a, it's not a question about whose voice that is, but she does. It. It's not like Prince and Sheena Easton performing you got the look it's it's prince song oh and by the way sheena easton's in it um this song that we're doing today the arms of orion from batman is a prince and sheena easton song that's how it's that's how it's listed in on the uh the credits for the album and it's one of the you know very few songs where prince does give like a co co-credit on the song itself but, i mean i'm not counting in the revolution and new power generation i'm talking like one other person like a co-singer co-artist um that where he does that so you know sheena she was one of the few to get that credit yeah i mean looking you know looking up and, and doing some research i mean obviously and I, I didn't realize this and i guess until recently that uh it seems at least that's what sheena says is she wrote the lyrics i mean she wrote the lyrics and sent them to prince and he liked it and kind of ran with it and then you know suddenly it turns up on this uh you know this batman soundtrack that you know it wasn't intended for it seems it was just something she wrote because she liked uh the stars uh, she had a house where she could look out the balcony and look out at the stars and kind of thought it was a, a nice idea to maybe write a love song that you know looked at you know two different you know kind of well star-crossed lovers in a sense looking at you know the up at the sky at various points you know or at different points shall we say and uh kind of mm -hmm. thinking about each other so yeah, it's kind of a nice idea and a, and, a, and, a, and a nice little song, in my opinion. But, you know, I guess we're going to we're going to dive into that. So, yeah, right. And and that's why I kind of opened up the episode by calling it the Sheena Easton Lyrics Podcast, because <laughs> it's yeah. very rare. It's very rare that I'm doing an, an episode. Well, I think this is, might be the first time that I've done an episode out of 120 some episodes of the show where i uh, were talking about a song that at least according to the stories the where the lyrics were written by somebody that wasn't prince now i yep. mean the, the song slow love from sign of the times uh you know there's some there's some um i don't know debate is the right word but there's just some conflicting conflicting um statements out there about who wrote that song it was it written by carol davis or was it written by prince and was it a combination you know so anyway yeah, but that sure. one is, isn't officially like written well, that's by the thing, too, and that's why i kind of because you know there have been a couple other people who have popped up and said that they contributed great you know parts like you know apollonia's come <laughs> up and said oh manic monday i pretty much wrote that and then and what Susanna's kind of said that, you know, she pretty much wrote uh, Starfish and Coffee as well, or at least contributed a good amount to that. And th those things are being said after Prince passed on. And I, I find, you know, I kind of go, all right, you know, maybe. I mean, I wasn't there, but, you know, but this one seems, yeah, she seems fairly, you know, st straightforward that, hey, I sent it to him and there we go. So that's what mm -hmm. I'm going to go with, I suppose. Yeah, right. 
so who knows if they had like if the lyrics that she wrote were tweaked at all when it came time to actually record the song or if they're performed in the exact same manner that she delivered into Prince. I I don't know. We won't know for sure unless some sort of evidence comes out or is, you know, uncovered. But so we're just gonna roll with it. This is this is a Prince Lyrics podcast. It's a Prince album, Batman co uh co authored, we'll say, by Sheena Easton and leave it at that. Yep. Um okay, so Arms of Orion, third track on the album, it was also released as the third single. Uh, in, in actually not just in the U.S. across the across the entire globe, this was the third single, and it was released in October of '89. It did go to number 36 on the Billboard Hot 100, aka the Pop Charts, and number 21 on the Adult Contemporary Charts, which I guess kind of tells you everything you need to know about what this song is <laughs> like. You know what kind, what style of song this is, if it. Uh, charted on the adult contemporary charts it's a very adult contemporary ballad it yeah. doesn't you know fit in with really the the r&b genre um obviously a pop song as well it's not a dance song so yeah adult contemporary is exactly the uh, niche chart that it belongs to if it's going to belong to any and uh, it was you know moderately successful 21 is not bad nothing to to sneeze at so you know, a, a decent, a decent hit. Um, not not now, bat, da- not bat dance level, but still decent. Sure. No, and I, I love that term adult contemporary because it always, you know, makes me think of something dirty or some kind of porn kind of thing connotation with it. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, it's not that, but yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't even do they even. I don't even think that term is used anymore. I haven't heard that in a very long time. Adult contemporary, but that yeah, that's kind <laughs> of. Uh, kind of amusing to think that but yeah it was i mean i think i mean it's a, i i said i enjoyed the song i mean i enjoyed the batman soundtrack as a whole but it's very nostalgic and it, it was i think the, the popularity of it was probably buoyed by uh the popularity of the batman film uh which was sure. massive at the time i mean people who lived in that era you know kind of like you know if you didn't live in that area you don't understand just that summer batman was everywhere i mean it really was and uh the soundtrack was a big part of that so yeah right so good good segue into maybe if you want to offer like your memories of the batman soundtrack or what did you think of the album when it came out or at least when you heard that prince was going to be recording and and you know releasing an album based off of the movie sure that and again that was one of the first movies i mean I recall like massive pre-hype for, I mean, it was, you know, and, and even, you know, Prince being announced that he was going to do the soundtrack. I think it was some, at some point in, in 1988, I think that they, uh, you know, they announced that that was happening and, um, you know, as they were filming it and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was excited obviously. And then it, it, you know, it came, Bat Dance was released, you know, before the, um, you know before the movie um and that got it you know and it had clips from the movie in it which really you know was like you hear these kind of you know these quips from the movie and you know that kind of got people excited too and it just really was kind of a i think you know if i don't know if they do or don't i mean but they they, you know i've taken pr classes in the in the past and things like that but i wonder at some point you know there, there would be a master class and kind of 
PR work or, you know, because the, the whole how the Prince, Pan, you know, or the, the, the Batman campaign was handled. It was a master class in public relations and marketing because they just really hyped up the frenzy for it. And, you know, when the movie hit, it was it was just massive. I mean, it really was. And, you know, luckily it was it was a good movie. And luckily the soundtrack was, was good as well. Everything with it kind of clicked. It, it really did. You know, you had some, you know, very hot stars, too. And it's just everything really kind of was a confluence of, of things. And it really did. You know, and then there was merchandise, too. Everything under the sun from toys to cereal to, you know, T-shirts were everywhere. And merchant, every other kind of merchandise you, you can think of under the sun. And, uh, you know, the album obviously was a big part of that. I mean, I, I remember distinctly, you know, buying the cassette, which I have right here in front of me. I, I wanted to look at the liner notes before... Uh, Know, coming on and talking just to see if there was anything that I had forgotten or maybe missed in, in that and you know having that since you know literally you know 1989 is um you know something to, to be said for that I think and just you know I, I think the Batman soundtrack you know in popular culture as of well not so much as late I, I think it really started with uh, unfortunately Shaun of the Dead where they kind of diss it a little bit and you know it's like you know where he says throw the Batman soundtrack album at the zombies um, you know, that's where it kind of started, um, you know, where people were like, yeah, maybe it's not that great, but I, I don't particularly think so. And I, I think it, it definitely holds up and it, it's, it, yeah, you can say it's a product of its time, but that time was, was pretty goddamn great. So, you know, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, so there you go. That's my memories of the whole Batman experience of that summer. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it has to do, well, I mean, yes, they, they did a wonderful job. Warner Brothers Studios did a wonderful job of, you know, the synergistic aspects of marketing, including pop star, including, you know, big name actors, a director who just came off of a big hit, Beetlejuice, um, you know, and, and revising basically the Batman IP. So we don't, it's in 2022, it's, it's <laughs> for those who weren't alive in the 80s superhero movies were fewer and far further between right so sure, like yeah. sup the whole superman phenomenon was in the late 70s and then the superman movies that came out in the 80s were you know less and less popular um, more cheesy worse uh, critical reception and then eventually you yeah know, by the, by the mid 80s the superman franchise it kind of died and exactly and then, you know, but there was a resurgence in the comics, you know, especially Batman with the Dark Knight Returns. And then that's what kind of kicked it into gear for a bit for a movie. And there was talk of it for a bit. And then finally, yeah, at, the, at the tail end of the 80s, it, it did happen. And that's, you know, what what we got. And luckily it was it was it was very good. And, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, it was an organic build up to this to this film. Uh, we weren't rebooting things every three to four years like we do now. So it was, uh, it's a big deal. Are you deal. saying, are you it's, saying a it's a problem, Jason? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a curmudgeon when it comes to, uh, no, I, I, I feel it, man. <laughs> the fatigue is real. Yeah, one more reboot of something or other. I, I think my head is going to explode, but yeah. That one, that the Spider-Man movie, which I saw, uh, I had kids, my kids wanted to see it. So I went with them, my youngest daughter, it was fine. But the fact that there's three Spider-Mans in the movie that are all like in the past 20 years. Yeah. It's a lot about that, about that phenomenon. Sure. But, it, it definitely but, does. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, I enjoyed it as well, but, 
Yeah, it's like, you know, you kind of, when they all are standing there together, it's almost when I ask the question, oh, yeah, you go, okay, that's cool. But on the other hand, it's, why are like, we Why here? do we have three Spider-Man? Yeah, why, are, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But here we are, I guess. So, uh, you know, we'll just take it at face value and kind of try to laugh and have a good time. But, yeah, yeah I feel you. <laughs> um, the other thing, that, before we get started on the lyrics, that I just want to bring up, because I brought it up on the other episodes thus far, is the fact that every song on Batman does have a um, uh, point of view as far as who the the perspective of the the artist or singer is so uh the future sung by batman um electric chair sung by the joker and for arms of orion we have bruce wayne and vicky vale so that's who we're supposed to be envisioning is performing this song or at least coming from their perspectives and as you know watchers viewers of the 89 batman know you know that that's the the love story in this in the movie is the, the Bruce Wayne Vicky Vale um, side plot. You know, again, as far as like the love story, how they meet, and you know, she's not real sure about him at first, and you know, he's got this big secret, obviously, and um, that is essentially what we're supposed to envision here. But you know, it, it works, but it doesn't work at the same time because it's not like in the movie the two of them were separated by some great distance and had this uh, this this great lost love that they were lamenting um, losing. So I don't know. I mean, again, you just have to kind of set it aside and just like, okay, yeah, they're the they're the two people in the movie that you're supposed to be rooting for to get together. So by default, a ballad is going to be from their perspective. Uh, you know, I. Um, a ballad uh, with with a, a man and woman singing together. Right, right, and you know that was um, you know kind of the thing. I said you know again you know looking things up and doing research. It was like I I guess I had kind of forgotten that, and that was the main reason why I wanted to pull out you know the the cassette and the liner notes itself because it does have right in the liner notes like Bruce and Vicky you know on the different the different you know verses and and things like that. You know their names are right on the side of it, so. You know, that is, you know, an interesting, you know, kind of perspective, obviously, that every, you know, I thought that was obviously a genius at the time, you know, that, um, you know, each song is sung by, you know, somebody else. And, and you know, Prince mm-hmm. kind of delved into that a bit in the, the videos, especially the Party Man video and the whole concept of the, you know, the Gemini thing that he threw out there and, you know, which was which was cool as well. So, yeah. For sure. It's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, like you said, I think maybe the, 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 well, we'll get into that when we talk about the lyrics, but the fuller context of the song really doesn't seem to jive in the movie. But, um, you know, in terms of, yeah, there's really no great divide between them per se, maybe emotionally if we want to go there. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, sure. That, that yeah. works too. Like if you think yeah. of it as a metaphor for an emotional divide or emotional distance, because, <laughs> yeah, they, they don't, you know, they have a difficulty connecting really connecting because of the you know the big secret that bruce has and just the fact that he comes off as like an arrogant playboy you know and vicky's like yeah i don't know if i like this guy that much he's kind of charming but i don't really trust him um so that that whole that whole plot side plot it takes a while to get going before they even finally like kiss or have a moment where you think that they're connecting in a, on an emotional level so Again, it's it's just a song from a soundtrack, so we won't <laughs> we won't uh, you know, count count that against it too too harshly. Yeah. Okay, so then um, 
moving on to the lyrics and uh the like the first verse of the song is this is like a, a true duet where the the singer well i don't know what's considered a true duet but in this duet the prince and sheena easton they share the first verse so like prince sings the first four lines of the verse and then sheena sings the the second four lines of the verse Ryan's arms wide enough to hold us both together although we're worlds apart across the stars for you And that first verse goes, Orion's arms are wide enough to hold us both together. Although we're worlds apart, I cross the stars for you. And then Sheena sings, In the heart of a sleepless moon, I'll be with you forever. This is my destiny till my life is through. All right, so right, right off the bat, you know, you get the sense that astrology is going to play a significant role in the lyrics to this song. I mean, the title alone, The Arms of Orion, is a reference, of course, to the constellation of stars called uh, Orion the Hunter. So, you know, it doesn't take a genius to to figure out that stars, constellations, astrology is going to play a part in the story of this of this song and the lyrics. And um, right there in the first line, Prince sings, Orion's arms are wide enough. And you know, I, I'm I'm not. I was really big into astrology when I was a kid. Like I had one of those machines that could create the 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 night sky in your bedroom. You turn off all the lights. You turn on this machine, and it like the whole ceiling of your bedroom or whatever room you're in lit up, and you could identify the different constellations. And I I was really fascinated by that. But you know, as I got older, and the less I started paying attention to the stars and constellations and so I had to remind myself what what uh, Orion the Hunter looked like, you know, when you when you <laughs> when you play connect the dots with the stars, because that's what you have to do. You have to really use your imagination, obviously. And um, so Orion the Hunter is holding his arms out, arms stretched, and so that's of course the reference to Orion's Orion's arms are wide enough as a reference to you know the arms being stretched wide in the night sky. Um, so anyway, what else? Uh, what else do you like about this verse, Jerry, or want to point out in terms of like its storytelling or its references to astrology? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's it just starts off, I, I think, strongly. I mean, like you said, with the uh, the reference to the the constellation, and you know, I, I personally myself, I I, I enjoy more the. Um, the mythology i would say behind you know the constellations rather than the actual you know i was never huge on like going you know and, and finding the uh you know what they are or what they aren't or you know that kind of thing i mean i remember studying them you know in, in school and that kind of stuff briefly here and there you know but um more the you know the mythological type stuff always kind of uh, brought me to the story or brought me to the uh, to the, the greater picture, you know, Orion, the hunter and that kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of them are based on, you know, Greek myths and, and things of that nature, the, the names of four of them. So that, that was kind of the end of it that always fascinated me more so than the actual, 
stars themselves or, or what planets or what stars, you know, made up those constellations. I mean, that, that, you mm-hmm. know, is, is always kind of fascinating as well. But in terms of the song, I mean, it's, 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 you know, like you said, it, it's basically a, you know, a standard, you know, duet, whatever you want to, you know, and standard in, in most realms would be, you know, one person singing to the other, the other, you know, kind of a, a, an inter- interplay between the two parties, typically a love song, you know, male and female, you know, kind of going back and forth, um, you know, between their, their feelings for each other and, you know, whatever they may be, you know, maybe they start off contestuous and then by the end of the song, they're, you know, fully in love or, or, you know, they start off in love and they're kind of professing their love, which seems to be, you know, where this is at. And then, you know, the first verse really kind of kicks that, you know, into to high gear. You know, I'm here for you here. My arms are wide open. And yeah, I'm going to be here. And then she's saying my life here, you know, is going to be with you the rest of my life. So, you know, pretty yes. standard stuff as, as love ballads go, but nicely put, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, Sheena did a good job here and you know, started it off well and sung well. You know, it, it's just, you know, it's a nice, again, it's a nice little ballad and it starts well. And the lyrics kind of, I think, uh, you know, give that uh, validation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the key takeaways um, from this first verse are the fact that they're separated. So, like, you're supposed to get from that that they're, they're not together. They're separated by distance. When Prince says, although we're worlds apart. That, that clearly states that they're not together physically in the same space. We're adding we're actually near each other. Although worlds apart, again, could be a metaphor <laughs> for an emotional distance or just anything that's blocking them from being together. Somebody could, you know, uh, be speaking in hyperbole and by saying we're worlds apart when really they're just down the street, but they just <laughs> they might feel like they're worlds apart. But I, I get the sense that they're actually physically there's a physical distance between them that's always how i interpreted the song even though of course it could be interpreted other ways because he says i'll i'd cross the stars for you and i guess just again that gives me the imagery that to cross the stars you know you have to travel a great distance to do that and and prince is saying i'd cross the stars meaning i'd travel a very long ways in order to to see you to be with you or for you whatever that means Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, but I, I, as I said, I kind of take it more as an emotional thing, just in the context. I mean, I, I guess I'm a little more practical in that sense where it's like knowing what the movie was. And it's like I said, it, it seems like it's more an emotional divide that they had Bruce and, and Vicky or because of the whole Batman thing, obviously it's, mm-hmm. she couldn't really know him per se, at least it's, or it seemed that way from her perspective. So to me, the divide is more emotional, but you know, it, it does yeah. like from the lyrics itself, it definitely does seem like it's a physical you know, kind of distance rather than emotional. So, but you know, it, it works though, because yeah, you've heard, I mean, sure. we've all heard the phrase from two different worlds. Oh, sure. And yeah. and that doesn't obviously mean like literally I'm from planet earth and you're from Mars. No, that, that means like they're just coming from different um, walks of life, different perspectives, different places in, in life and um, worlds apart can, can be, you know that from that meaning as well and so it completely works whether it refers to a physical distance like i've always interpreted the song or just some sort of either emotional distance or just um you know socioeconomic distance or just running in two different very different circles in life where that makes getting together much more difficult so (laughs) all of them can be applied here and they all completely work i think in the context of the song sure and so the other thing that I was going to just mention that 
the key takeaway besides the distance, uh, however you want to take that, is also that they are kind of aligned in their um, their feelings for each other. So it's not like unrequited love. It's not like some person pining for somebody else and the other person doesn't know they exist. This appears to be mutual in terms of their feelings for each other and their um, concerns or disappointment that the two of them can't connect or having difficulty connecting. Because she, after Prince says those first four lines, you know, her saying, um, in the heart of a sleepless moon, I, I'll be with you forever. That's my destiny till my life is through. So that, of course, tells me as the listener that she's very interested in being with him as well and just is having a hard time getting there. Yeah, no, they're they're very much on the on the same page from from go here it seems, and like I said, it's you know there are duets that you know kind of explore different emotions, and there's even changes throughout the song, and like something like you know Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, um, you know obviously there's a great uh, you know there's that's you can consider that a duet. I mean it's a back and forth between a man and a woman, and there's obviously emotional changes you know throughout the course of that song, so this isn't one of those though where it says you know they're very much on the same page uh, from go here and that's yeah, again that's fine you know for the in the terms of the movie it said so there was a bit of hesitation like if you remember the movie and, and vicky's part but she seemed to be be all in pretty quickly so mm-hmm. yeah that definitely works yeah and uh i guess the only other thing i wanted to mention is that from a cinematic perspective like if this song was in the film what the imagery i would get the cinematic imagery i I would get is to see like a split screen of vicky on one side of the screen and bruce on the other side of the screen and they're both looking up at the night sky singing this song at the same time not knowing of course that the other person was also looking up at the night sky singing the song at the same time and that's that's the, um, like I said, the cinematic imagery I get when I hear this song and what I envision is the, maybe the potential intent by the, uh, by the artists. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems that way. I, you know, as, as we said in the beginning a little bit, I mean, that's even Sheena Easton kind of described that in a sense is that she had like a house where she was out on a balcony, uh, you know, where she was living at the time and that, you know, she would had a great view of the sky and that's where she kind of got the idea for the song. So yeah, having two kind of, like I said, star-crossed lovers, in a sense, out on these balconies, kind of pining for each other across, you know, the galaxy, in a sense. Although, when you were talking about it now, I just got this vision in my head of of Michael Keaton and Kim Bassinger, like, you know, lip-syncing this, you know, in, in like, some cheesy 80s video kind of thing. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. We can all see it in our heads. Just yeah, you know, and that, you know seeing scene. that in the context of the, the Batman, you know, milieu, in a sense, was uh, would be kind of funny, in a sense. But, uh, yeah. For we've sure. It definitely, it, it definitely paints that picture. We're, we've in, all seen it before. We just uh, may not have seen it. With, in that uh, context, yeah. Exactly, right. with Bruce and Vicky doing <laughs> it. But we've seen it before in some other film or TV show or something. So, Or even in music videos that have probably done this before. No doubt. So the chorus is sung by Prince and Sheena Easton together. And uh, the chorus is, The arms of Orion, that's where I want to be. 
Since you've been gone, I've been searching for a lover in the sea of tranquility. I'm drowning without you here, my dear. Okay, so one thing I wanted to bring up, so again, the arms of Orion, the title of the song, and bringing up Orion again, the first line of the chorus. I didn't think of this, so I'm not going to take credit for it, but I did find it on the internet, so my sleuthing abilities uh, allowed me to discover this. Um, this thought process where, of course, we all know Prince is a Gemini, or the, you know those of us into astrology, it's no secret he uses that that um, dynamic in his work, especially at the Batman when he would paint himself half Joker and half Batman. And um, Gina Easton is Taurus. You're a Taurus. Okay, so what does that mean? Who cares? Well, I guess if you're looking up at the nights, <laughs> no, don't ever say that because there are people, man, who are way into that stuff. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I just mean like, what's the point, Jason? Get to the point. Yeah, so, but yeah, <laughs> man, you're gonna have the astrology people coming for your head. <laughs> no, no, I'm not dismissing astrology. I'm just saying, all right, point of me calling out uh, Prince being a, a Remember, Gemini. Jason Brenner, he lives in Ohio. I'm Jerry Bonner. <laughs> I live in New Jersey. Yes, um, for two uh, separate people don't come for me. I didn't say that. anyway so the two of them or the two constellations gemini and taurus i guess when you look at the night sky they're on the orion the hunter is in between the two of them okay that's probably just an accident probably just a coincidence i don't i mean maybe maybe she was thinking oh this would be a great uh great duet with prince i'll i'll pick orion because it's a constellation that falls between the two of our astrological signs. I don't know if that's true or not. I just, I just know this is, this is something that is a, a real thing. Orion the hunter is in between the two of them. And of course the concept of the song is, you know, the arms of Orion's that's where they want to be because then you think of the two of them coming from wherever they are, mental or physical uh, distance coming together at Orion in between in the middle. So, um, take that for what you what you want. I just thought I'd bring it up because I found it to be interesting, either like an interesting coincidence or you know a, a pretty clever, calculated choice. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I mean, I it, if if Sheena was thinking all those lines, I mean, she didn't you know make that known. I mean, you know, when people asked her about the song, that I mean, she was thinking in those terms, and it seems. More unlikely in a sense because I mean she's always denied that they had a relationship. If she or it was something that she desired, it seemed it seemed like they were just friend musical kind of friends and they had a good relationship in that respect and and uh, it didn't seem like she ever really had any romantic designs at least in her mind. Um, but it's an interesting thought, you know. But that that is kind of cool that you know that to think of it in those terms. But I, I think maybe it might've been overthought a little bit here. And I, I think if, if I was that <laughs> clever, I mean, in, in writing a song, I would have definitely said that. Bragged about it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, you know, I think she would have said that she'd been like, yeah, it was my kind of clever little way of saying, Hey Prince, I think we should get together, you know? And, um, yeah. yeah even if it's just in the studio, we should get right. Together. You know, I, I that's just seems like, you know, but so I think it's just a, a coincidence. It's an interesting coincidence, but I, I think in, for sure, know, just a coincidence at that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to uh, claim it's not a coincidence or claim it is. I'm just putting it out there in the world for people to do what they want with it. All right. So the other thing that I found interesting that I also think is just a coincidence because I just can't imagine that it isn't 
is um, the one of the stars in the constellation of Ryan the Hunter is a star by the name of Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, Beetlegeist. Well, Beetlegeist. Yeah, Beetlegeist. Yeah. That's how it's. Yeah. That's how it's pronounced as the star, but of course, those of us who have know the movie, right. yes, then we know that Beetlegeist is then that word is transported to or you know transferred to Beetlejuice either through a mis- mispronunciation by one of the characters in the movie. I don't remember if that's how Beetlegeist turned into Beetlejuice. I don't know if it was uh, Gina Davis's character or Alec Baldwin's character. But uh, yeah, so of course, Michael Keaton plays Batman slash Bruce Wayne and also played Beetlejuice, both Tim Burton films, both big hits back to back there in the late 80s. So uh, another interesting coincidence. Um, Okay. Yep. Chorus. What else, Jerry, do you want to talk about here in the chorus? I mean, I guess, you know, we should, I guess, mention that, you know, I, I hope or I think maybe nowadays some people don't know know what the Sea of Tranquility is. Maybe we should... Talk yep. about, you know, what the Sea of Tranquility is just for, you know, people who, you know, it's obviously something that's, you know, on the moon, you know, our moon, you know, the, the Earth. Not moon. an actual, not an actual sea with, with. Yeah, uh, not an actual sea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those uh, moon seas. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it wasn't uh, the Sea of Tranquility where the Apollo um, 11 moon landing was. Wasn't that the location? Yes. So it it does have historical context in the, yes, the the 1969 moon landing. Um, You know, it's where they they sat down and that's what they called it, you know, and, uh, you know, so just so people know it's not a physical sea, but it, you know, that it does still have that kind of, you know, heaven, you know, when deal with the stars and the heavens, you're dealing with, you know, still that kind of terminology. And that's something obviously that goes along with it, the Sea of Tranquility, rather than being a physical, you know, body of water. It is Mm -hmm. something that's still up in the stars and in the heavens. And it, you know, so it does fit with the the theme of the song, but just so everybody's, you know, kind of clear on that. I, I don't know how much, Again, stuff like that is taught nowadays in school, but just to be clear, so <laughs> what it is and yeah. what it isn't. All right. Yeah. No, thanks. Thanks for calling that out. And you know, the line is, "I've been searching for a lover in the sea of tranquility." So again, that, right. that just kind of reiterates the concept around the the song of them being staring up at the sky and and right. looking for love in the sky, in the heavens, as you mentioned, and um, looking for each other up there in the sky you know either trying to find inspiration or try to find their way to them and hoping that the gods intervene somehow or for some reason and decide they are going to help these two crazy kids get together so yeah <laughs> right and they, like, i mean yeah. i think people i think the, the way the next line is read too or you know it uses the word obviously drowning which you know people might take to see that it's a physical sea to see a drink so it's you know just to be clear it's you know it's more of i think that they're they're drowning emotionally, like we were, like I was kind of saying before, rather than physically drowning and in any kind of real body of water, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a play on words for sure. It's a play on words, exactly. Right? Absolutely, they're, they're drowning without this person. They're drowning kind of emotionally because they're so far away. Yes. So, yeah. Yep. Exactly. When I'm lost, feeling lonely, I just look to heaven. I find my comfort there. God only knows. Yeah, 
So then moving on to the second verse. Um, the second verse starts off with Prince again. He says, when I am lost and feeling alone, I just look to heaven. I find my comfort there. God only knows where you are tonight. Then Sheena sings, God only knows where you are tonight. Maybe time will tell me. Till then, I cl I'll close my eyes and say a prayer for you. And Prince says, I'll say a prayer for you too. Okay, so in the second verse, we get a lot of uh, religious imagery and terminology used here. Heaven, God, uh, prayers. So, you know, that, that aspect of the song or of the lyrics hasn't presented itself yet until the second verse. Um, and I, I don't know what religion sheena is i've never bothered to look into it don't don't really care to be very blunt about it but we all know prince was a religious person and and just coming right off of love sexy i've and nobody thinks of batman as being a very spiritual album um because you know it's it's designed and meant for a, a blockbuster film that has nothing to do with spirituality but Prince being Prince, and even if this was written by Sheena, uh, you know, she either is also has some spirituality within her or, you know, is religious in some form or fashion, or she wrote it knowing that Prince is, or Prince maybe had some influence on this verse. I don't know. But that's the thing that kind of stands out to me is all the references to God and religion and prayers and heaven and stuff like that. So uh, what else? Um what else do you want to talk about with this first, Jerry? Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like it. This is something that was, in, you know, more Prince's wheelhouse writing in, in with these terms. Um, yeah, I, I can't say that, you know, not really knowing, you know, Sheena's full uh, discography. I don't think she has she ever written anything, you know, of religious context or any kind of like with any overtones. I, I don't think so off the top of my head, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, and that's why, again, I was, you know, again, more surprised, you know, when again, researching saying that, you know, that. Finding out, you know, obviously, you know, a good bit later, 30 odd years later, that Sheena was the one who wrote the lyrics. So these more seem like Prince lyrics. I mean, if they I do. had to, uh, yeah. you know, if I would have, if somebody would have, you know, questioned me on it, I would have said, well, that, that sounds like a part that Prince would have written um, or at least tweaked or, or done something to maybe, but maybe not. You know, so, you know, maybe she knew that, you know, the audience she was writing for in a sense or, or at least writing to him, you know, in a sense that saying, you know, I, if, I know Prince would like this and this song or this would work for him. So and that that definitely seems possible. Um, you know, my favorite part of this, uh, I guess, the lyrics here and it's the way it's sung to uh, the last part, you know, the, the last part that Prince sings and the last part that or the first part that Sheena sings is the God only knows where you are tonight, how she kind of follows almost immediately saying you know it's almost like immediate response you know the, mm -hmm. the, the way he's saying it and i i can't say that you know that part of the song always resonated with me because i know and i'm sure most people have you know have you know looked out the window pining out the window and you know thinking of where somebody you're you, you're pining for you're in love with you know it is tonight you know it's like that definitely resonated with me as a, an 18 year old uh you know kind of that feeling of you know yeah, maybe you're not digging me so much right now, but I'm looking out the window. I'm thinking of you, you know, I'm looking up at the sky and wondering where you are. And, um, you know, the, the, those two, and again, the way it's sung right on top of one another, almost like it's an immediate response always kind of really worked for me. 
So I do like that, you know, that that verse kind of the way it's played out there the most in the song. Yeah, it's almost like they have some sort of telepathic connection where they, sure. where they where even though, you know, we get the impression that they're not singing to each other in a physical space where they can hear each other, you get a sense that they're still somehow able to hear each other you know t- telepathically or just through a connection that they can't explain especially like you said as they both sing the exact same line god only knows where you are tonight back to back and then when sheena says i'll close my eyes and say a prayer for you and prince basically responds i'll say a prayer for you too meaning like he somehow heard her say that and is going to you know sing that same or you know uh, echo that sentiment and i'll do the same for you too so i just find it interesting um that that this the the lyrics do that even though of course we're led to believe that they're not together so you know yeah like you were saying uh, more not to get you know too touchy-feely or anything like that but there definitely seems to be something of a psychic connection going on here where they are speaking to each other across this divide you know whatever Mm -hmm. it may be for sure yep that's a lot of what i get there besides the religious imagery and just kind of again looking up to the heavens it's kind of the same same ideas and concepts that we've just talked about already about just staring up at the sky looking for inspiration hoping god intervenes and helps them out Uh, the chorus again is the same the arms of orion that's where i want to be since you've been gone i've been searching for a lover in the sea of tranquility i'm drowning without you here my dear and then uh we get the bridge at this point is you know the typical location of a song's bridge and the song is very traditionally structured so it doesn't fail us there how the two of them sing these lines orion's heart is bright enough to shine on both of us the constellations never fail to light the way for love um okay so you know i mean it's a lot of the same sentiments again talking about orion now he had he had big wide arms to hold them earlier in the song now his heart is bright to shine on them so they're really banking on orion being like the the guiding light here um from a comfort standpoint from a emotional standpoint like really looking to orion to to provide that uh like i said comfort and inspiration to help them connect when they're not together so you know it really they really work hard to give orion like this human element and that's that was one of the things that I always really struggled about the constellations. So they're like, "Oh, look at that collection of stars! Does that look like a bull? No. Oh, look at that, <laughs> look yeah, at that collection yeah. of stars. Does, 
what do, what do you see there? Nothing. You know, I mean, you really have to stretch your imagination. Yeah. I, I agree uh, with you 100% on that. I, mean, that's, I said <laughs> I, I like the, the stories behind them more, the mythology behind it. Yeah. And that kind of yeah. stuff. I'm but, with you on that. You know, that that's always been more fascinating to me than, yeah, like, look, you look up and you're like, well, that, oh. don't, that doesn't look like that. <laughs> Man, yeah, those, Greek, that... Those, Greek, those Greek astrologers must have been on something. What the hell were they drinking? But yeah, they um, really, really had a lot of free time on there. Yeah, wow. exactly. <laughs> Anything you wanted to call out with the bridge, Jerry? That no, really. I mean, you said it's just again, it's a very nice, you know, very nice, you know, sentiment for a love song. Obviously, you know, you, you're, their love's not going to, you know, there's going to be as long as the stars are in the sky. I mean, it's essentially what they're saying. Our love will last as long as that. And again, that's a fairly common sentiment in a lot of love songs. You know, that our love will be everlasting and very nice. You know, in poetry and love songs and things of that nature. So, you know, it, it definitely comes across yeah. that way here. Yeah, that's one thing I did uh, kind of in preparation for the episode is I was like, well, what are some other like, first, I just generally said, what are some other songs that reference stars or planets or something? And like, then the list became so large that like, oh, my God, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say that, that's a, that's a man size <laughs> endeavor there. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down like a, like several, just the ones that I personally like, because like, of course, there's songs that I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about that or don't care about them. Um, but the ones that I picked out, because these are songs that I like, there's a song called uh, When Stars Go Blue. I always like that song. It's It was written by Ryan Adams, but it's been performed by multiple artists since then. Of course, there's Lucky Star by Madonna. We all know Lucky Star. If you're a Prince fan, you know the song, even if you don't like Madonna. Um, Stevie Wonder has a song called Saturn that I really like. And uh, Beatles Across the Universe. Of course. So yeah. just, just, um, just a very, 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 very small sample size of, of songs. You, like, you Google it, you're going to come up with a list that's larger than you can handle. So good luck to those of you who uh, attempt that. Um, anyway, so that's, you know, I mean, for the most part, that's really the, the unique lyrics of the song, because what we get next after the bridge is... Basically, the first verse slightly different. Orion's arms are wide enough to hold us both together. That's a repeat. Although we're worlds apart across the stars for you. Uh, so what's different there? I think, no, nothing's really different there. I think the only thing that's different is who says what lines in that. It's not sung in the exact same way. Our prince says a couple lines and Sheena says one and the prince says one and Sheena says one. So same lyrics just sung by them differently slightly different and uh they sing this the chorus again after that variation of the first verse and um you know i don't think that there's anything new there at all until we get to the outro and even the outro even the, the words in the outro Yeah. 
the arms of Orion. Repeated that twice. That's where I want to be. The arms of Orion. Since you've been gone, I've been drowning. Drowning. Drowning without your love. The arms of Orion. Repeated again. So these are all sentiments and words and, and lines that we've already heard in the song. They're just kind of switching them up a little bit, changing them, how they're singing it, maybe shortening them, picking out keywords like drowning. And uh, that is how, I mean, the song ends on a instrumental note. It doesn't end with like a fade out of them singing or anything, but those are the last words we hear before the instrumental closure of the, of the track. So I guess at this point, Jerry, do you have any comments about how the song ends or any of the, the final kind of last couple of verses or choruses of the song? Not particularly. I mean, I do like how it ends with the, you know, kind of the, the keyboard kind of points, the key, you know, keyboard solo, I guess you could say, um, you know, kind of adds a, a nice touch there at the end, not really lyrics per se, but the mm-hmm. lyrics, I mean, just kind of, you know, go off on the yeah, similar, you know, like chorus and, and theme or callbacks and, you know, kind of back and forth between the, the two of them singing in a sense, which is, is nice, sounds nice. I mean, going on what you were saying, I, I think just a little bit earlier about songs that deal with the stars, stuff like that. One of my favorites is, um, um, you know, from uh, the Labyrinth soundtrack, As the World Falls Down by David Bowie, that deals with, you know, the stars and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're choosing path between the stars. I'll leave my love between the stars. And, you know, I place the sky within your eyes or are parts of, you know, obviously Jarrah singing about, you know, about Sarah in a sense. And, uh, you know, it's similar in a sense, you know, kind of that longing I think is, is related in that song and, and the, the arms of Orion in a bit, you know, is kind of divide between them too. So calling back to that for a minute, but, um, because I didn't mm-hmm. really want to interrupt you because you were you were bit on a bit of a roll and then you kind of kicked into the <laughs> <laughs> kind of kicked into the the longer part of the, the ending of the song where they're just kind of talking so or not talking but just kind of going back and forth with lyrics we've already kind of discussed so yeah not much to say I said beyond beyond just kind of more the, the, you know the outro with the you know the the kind of the nice little keyboard part ending little you know I do like that how it kind of ends with that it, it kind of closes it nicely i think but in terms of any kind of lyrical content there's nothing really that is you know too that stands out that they say beyond what they've already said in my mm-hmm. mind so right right agreed agreed i just wanted to give you a chance in case you uncovered something that was revolutionary and we wanted to talk about it at this point but no <laughs> i'm with you it's a lot of the same stuff that we've already talked about a lot of the same words a lot of the same lines so probably nothing new to unpack there you've already kind of expressed your um enjoyment of this song and that's great because i think this song is a little has a has a bit of a um polarizing effect on on fans i think some people find it to be a bit um i don't know simple or syrupy uh but you know i the instrumentation is fun i do i agree with you like my favorite part is that keyboard at the end and how you know that was a good version of it yeah i like that yeah i dig it i dig it so yeah and and i've never minded sheena's voice um i i mean i've been i'm not i wouldn't call myself a fan like I like some of her singles. I, I I don't really listen to her albums or anything. But whenever a, a Sheena Easton song from the '80s comes up, I don't turn it. I, I enjoy her music, 
on a very surface level. So this song doesn't bother me from like, you know, some people just find her voice to not be very uh, appealing, but I don't mind her voice. So um, the song doesn't bother me. Is, is it one of my favorites on the album? No, but I don't, I don't like turn it off when it comes on. I don't like dislike it. I'm glad that you enjoyed the song and that you are representing the song on the, on the podcast because. Um, yeah. I mean, that's know, why I chose it. I mean, I do enjoy yeah. it. I mean, and, and it's one that, you know, I definitely think I, I could speak about. I mean, rather than the you know the obvious ones, which are Bat Dance and Party Man and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, you know, everybody kind of knows those. And this is, I think, more maybe more of an underrepresented song in a sense, even though it was uh, you know a single, um, you know, from the album. I think a lot of times people, when they they think of, I guess, the ballad from this, they think of Scandalous from the yep. Batman soundtrack. Um, yep. You know, which is you know again a, a great song in and of itself. But I I, I think I. Yes, it is maybe more of a, a straight-up love song, but you need a straight-up love song for a film, and I'm sure Prince understood that. And that's why this song, he decided to include it. You know, once when Sheena sent it to him, I was like, oh, this would work. You know, maybe he, at that point he didn't know what to do with it and was like, oh, well, this would work now for the Batman soundtrack, so I'm going to put it here because it is you know, pretty much you know a straight-up love song and maybe a little syrupy or sugary for some people, but I don't know. You know, I guess maybe that's... Uh, yeah, my uh, my failing in a sense i i do like that kind of you know that does stuff kind of does hit me in the feels a little bit i guess you could say and the song definitely does that in a certain way um but okay. it was a lot of timing and stuff too it was just part of the soundtrack which i i really enjoy and part of a movie that i really enjoy and part of a time period a year specifically that i, I really enjoy as well because there was just a lot going on you know in my life in 1989 i was graduating high school and starting college and you know, all this pop culture stuff that I grew up loving is now kind of in, you know, in the mainstream, you know, the, you know, where comics and things like that really, really weren't for a while. And now here's this huge, you know, movie based on a comic book character that I grew up, you know, loving, you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, it was mm -hmm. just a confluence of, of things. And, you know, the song is definitely, you know, a part of that. The whole soundtrack is a part of that. So it's hard for me kind of not to like it. And. I mean, I, I do go back to things, obviously, and, and, you know, from the past, from the 80s specifically, and there are things that don't hold up, you know, unfortunately well, um, you know, and but this isn't one of them, you know, the movie and, and the soundtrack still, in my mind, hold up fairly well. So, you know, and I, I will die on that hill. <laughs> so, you know, that's my opinion on it. And if there's fans that have different opinions, then that's fine, you know, but that's... Yeah. Yeah, no, I, my take is I I was right there in the moment of it, so that kind of zeitgeist really does stick with me, and it hasn't faded over the thirty plus years. So good, I'm glad because yep. uh, every Prince song deserves some love and attention, I think, from somebody. So I'm glad that there's people out there that really do enjoy this song for what it is, and it's a very straight up ballad, uh, very of its time. You know, it, it screams to me like '80s ballad. And or, you know, even early 90s, like it, it would have fit in an early 90s ballads as well. It just has that sound that kind of like timeless, but also of a time. So I get it and I, I get why people would like it. So no, no shade thrown by me on this song at this point. So thanks for for being on the show, Jerry. Do you want to point anybody in the direction of like your social media contacts? Yeah, just, uh, you know, mostly I said, uh, you know, 99 tenths out of 100, all my social media stuff kind of flows through my, my Twitter account, which is uh, at jbonner71. And uh, you can usually find, 
you know, what I'm going and what's going on in my life there one way or the other. So you can check that out if you're so inclined. Um, okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for uh, offering your opinion and your perspective on the song. Much appreciated. This has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show Press Rewind Pod, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Also join the Discord if you dig Discord for chatting and communication. We try to have fun on there and talk about Prince and do hopefully some watch parties. I've got one planned for coming up this week. Um, oh, yeah. But of course, by the time this episode comes out, it'll already be over. So just <laughs> join the Discord and we'll do other watch parties if, if you hear this later and want to get involved with that. And, um, you know, thanks to the listeners. Thanks to Jerry. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.